First Kings chapter 18 and our text for this morning is the verse 38 First Kings 18 and verse 38 then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench a contest was arranged <coughs> and took place on the top of Mount Carmel it is estimated that it was possible there were between 5,000 and 20,000 people gathered there to watch the contest and how it unfolded. Elijah the prophet had called upon Ahab and said, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, verse 19. And gather there in Carmel as well as the people were the prophets 450 prophets of Baal false prophets for Elijah had told Ahab send for the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the groves 400 which ate the Jezebel's table verse 19 400 and fifty prophets. Yes, what other prophet? His name, Elijah. Four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, one prophet of the Lord God, Jehovah. So why were they gathered there? What was it that brought them together? Well, there was to be a contest. A contest. Yes, it was a contest between the prophets of Baal on one side, prophets of Baal, 450, and on the other side, Jehovah's lone prophet, Elijah. But the contest extended beyond that. The contest was between the God of the 450 and the God of Elijah. And it would all come down to prayer. Would Baal answer the prayer of his prophets? And would God of heaven answer the prayer of Elijah would Baal answer the prayers of the 450 or Jehovah answer the prayer of his lone prophet Elijah so here we have another one of those unusual prayer meetings that we come across in scripture <coughs> a prayer meeting to prove who was the true God of Israel so let us as it were take our place there on Mount Carmel let us stand with Elijah and listen to all the prayers that ascended that day prayers to Baal and prayers to Jehovah And the sign that the God who answered by fire would be the God, the recognized God of Israel. As we read there in verse 24, And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. 
And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. That was the contest. I want first of all this morning to consider Elijah and the beginning of his prayer. Elijah and the beginning of his prayer. So what brought about this prayer meeting on Mount Carmel? Well, first of all, we have the cause. The Israelites were a people who had given themselves over to what I might call a kind of a mongrel religion. A mongrel religion. While they ought to have worshipped the God of their fathers, the Lord God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the covenant-keeping God, instead, the people wavered between the God of Israel, God of their fathers, and a false God. Then we deal. We read in verse 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. So there you have the cause. Paul, or Elijah said, how long halt ye? between two opinions the word halt there means to waver they weren't sure if they were a people who worshipped the Lord Jehovah or a people who, who worshipped Baal they were wavered between two opinions they couldn't make up their mind that position was not acceptable to Elijah and certainly not acceptable to God. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ did say, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6 and verse 24. And the mongrel religion that Elijah saw there that day among the Israelites is prevalent today. Nothing has changed. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. We see the same thing today. Many profess to know the Lord. Many profess to know the God of heaven and yet their lives tell a very different story. Yes, they want the smile of God but they also want the favour of the world and the God of the world. Where is the man today who can say with Paul for to me to live is Christ. We have seen that in the life of Paul in our study thus far. If ever a man lived for Christ, it was the Apostle Paul. He cannot understand Paul's life apart from the Lord Jesus. And many can say that today. For to me, to live is Christ. I don't want to live for anything else or anyone else. I just want to live for my Savior. Where is the one who can say that they have obeyed the Lord? As he had given his commandment to love the Lord your God with, with all and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Who can say that? That was a testimony that the Israelites certainly did not have. They did not love the Lord and serve the Lord with all their hearts and all their soul. Yet that's what God commands. 
Not only Israel, but ourselves. You notice in the verse 21 again, Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. He challenged them. And then we read, The people answered him not a word. See, they didn't have much to say. They didn't have much to say when they were challenged about the kind of religion that they followed. Trying to worship God and worship Baal at the same time. How long hold you between two opinions? And they answered him not a word. Had nothing to say. They were caught out as it were. Not only you have the cause, but there's also the challenge. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal there in verses 23 and 24 let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under it and call ye on the name of your gods and I will call in the name of the Lord and the God that answers by fire let him be the God there's the challenge they would pray to Baal and Elijah would pray to the Lord Jehovah and the God that answers by fire <coughs> let him be the God the God of Israel and we see that all the people were in agreement and all the people answered and said it is well spoken the Baal worshippers you see and their prophets believed that their God would send the fire they believed that because Baal listen Baal was known as the fire god well if anyone was going to answer by fire it would be Baal as far as the, his worshippers were concerned Baal was the fire god and those 450 prophets believed that their god could and would do what Elijah's god couldn't do is not the way it is today it is there are those who believe that the God of this world can give them more than what the God of heaven can give them. They believe that the God of this world has the key to happiness. And so they serve him. They believe that the God of this world is able to open the door to pleasure so they serve him they believe that he knows the secret to the life that satisfies and so they follow him what it really is they love their sin and the God of this world leads them into all kinds of sin and as far as they are concerned that's the life of happiness ah but the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life for Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, like the false prophets of Baal, those today who believe that the God of this world can do more for them, they are mistaken. The prophets of Baal believe that their God could send the fire after all he is the fire God and as far as those are concerned who serve the God of this world the only fire 
that the God of this world has anything to do with is where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched for those who serve the God of this world and do not repent of their sin there's nothing but a lost Christless eternity awaiting them why would anyone want to serve the God of this world what did the Lord say about him the Lord said he's a liar and he's a father of lies the devil promises the sinner so much but it's all a lie unfortunately for Israel that was their problem they served Baal and Baal was a lie and there's Israel with divided loyalties between a God that could do nothing for them and a God the Lord God Almighty with whom nothing is impossible nothing is impossible as well as the as the cause and the challenge notice the construction so the false prophets took we're told verse 26 a bullock which was given them and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon that means when scripture speaks about morning it refers to 6 a.m. And so they called on Baal from 6 a.m. until 12 noon. Six hours. They called upon Baal. No answer. No answer. Not even crying louder. Not even cutting themselves to court as it were the sympathy of their God Baal none of which got the attention of Baal and following that commotion there on Mount Carmel Elijah mocked them verse 27 maybe he's away somewhere maybe he's asleep you need to waken them Elijah was pointing out how foolish they were to believe in such a God. Now it was time for Elijah to pray. Now it was time for Elijah to call upon Jehovah. Notice the first thing Elijah did. Verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near. Here's the first thing Elijah did. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That broken altar really symbolizes the spiritual state of history. Think of it. Elijah had already prayed that God would shut up heaven that there was no rain. And there had not been rain. Now you would think that there being a drought in the land and no rain the children of Israel would have sought the Lord that he would send rain. But no, we find the altar where sacrifices were made, where prayer was offered up to the Lord. The altar was broken down. In other words, it was neglected. And even in those dire circumstances 
of Noriam. Children of Israel didn't even pray. They didn't even seek the face of God. And you know something? God expected them to do that. Turn please to Second Chronicles. The familiar verse of scripture here, but let us look at the verse before and after. Second Chronicles chapter seven. Second Chronicles seven, verse thirteen. The Lord says, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or have I command the locusts to devour the land, or have I sent pestilence among the people? What do we have there in verse 13? First of all, if I shut up heaven, there's a silent heaven. Shut up heaven. There's a silent heaven because God's people, the Israelites, were not calling upon the Lord. And so heaven was shut up. There was a silent heaven. There was a smitten land. If I send locusts to devour the land, and there was a sickly people, for the Lord said, If I send pestilence among my people, so there was the state of the land in verse 13. Now you get to verse 14. And this is what God expected his people to do. For he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. The Lord is saying, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, and I command the locusts to devour the land, and I send pestilence among my people, the Lord will say, this is what I expect you to do. I expect you to pray. I expect you to turn from your wicked ways. I expect you to call upon my name. For the Lord says in verse 15, Now mine eyes shall be opened and mine ears attend unto the prayer. In other words, the Lord will say, I'm willing. I'm willing to hear your prayer. Well, the Lord had shut up heaven in Elijah's day through the answer to Elijah's prayer. And it was judgment upon the nation. God had shut up heaven. But the Lord was waiting and waiting and waiting, but no prayer was offered. The altar of the Lord had been neglected. It was broken down. That was the first thing Elijah did. He repaired the altar of the Lord. And then he built an altar to the Lord. Sometimes, you know, the altar of prayer service and sacrifice can be broken down in our lives that altar can be neglected by us God is willing to hear from us he expects us then to pray just like Israel the heavens have been shut up there was a sickly people. There was a smitten laugh. But they didn't pray. They didn't attend to the altar of prayer and sacrifice. So how could they expect any blessing? Isn't that what we need to do today? 
repair the altars that have been broken down and pray that God will send the fire send the fire of revival into our own hearts and send the fire of revival into our land just as the fire fell in the day of Pentecost 3,000 souls in one day turned from their sin repented of their sin and embraced Christ as Saviour and that was a result of 120 people meeting in the upper room along with the apostles and there they prayed and God answered prayer and the fire fell Elijah prayed as we will see the fire fell so let us build the altar and it broke and died if there's an altar in your life and it's broken why not today rebuild that altar unto the Lord you have Elijah and the beginning of his prayer we see also Elijah and the burden of his prayer what was the burden Elijah repaired the altar and built an altar in the name of the Lord digging a trench around it filling it with water and, and, and covering the sacrifice with water and when all the preparation was done Elijah began to pray look there verse 36 it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet drew near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Israel let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word something interesting there the prophets of Baal had prayed all day cutting themselves jumping up on top of their altar and when did they stop praying they stopped praying at the time of the evening sacrifice in other words the evening sacrifice really didn't mean anything to the prophets of Baal ah but that's something to Elijah because we're told it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice that's when Elijah prayed you think of the evening sacrifice a lamb has been slain the blood of that lamb has been shed that sacrifice has been made unto God what does that speak to us of? Does it not speak to us of another sacrifice of a lamb? Not on Mount Carmel, but on Mount Calvary. And there is Elijah, and he comes to pray. And is it interesting he prays at the offering of the evening sacrifice at the time the blood of the Lamb was shed. And that teaches us, believer, that when we come to pray, our prayers are acceptable with God on the ground of the blood of the Lamb. The blood that was shed there on Calvary. No, it's not us that causes God to accept our prayers. We don't pray in the name of a church. We don't pray in the name of a religion. We pray in the name of God on the ground of the shed blood of Christ. And it's on the ground of that blood that our prayers are accepted. 
And that's when Elijah prayed at the time of the shedding of the blood. So what was Elijah praying for? Well we read there in the verse 36 he prayed at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came there and said Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel covenant keeping God let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. That's what he prayed for. He prayed for the preeminence of God in Israel. At Elijah's time, Elijah's day, God was not preeminent in the minds of the people. They were holding between two opinions. But God, or Elijah, wanted to see them see, look upon the God of Israel as the preeminent one. Well, it's not what Paul prayed for. Colossians 1 and verse. 18. That in all things, speaking to the believer, that in all things he should have the preeminence. Has God the preeminence in your life? Does he hold first place in your life? That's what Elijah was praying for. That in the lives of the Israelites, God would be preeminent. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. Let it be known. How we need to pray along with Elijah to that end. How we need to pray for what Elijah prayed for. In this land of ours will acknowledge there is a God in heaven. You look around you. You listen to the news as little as possible. Because it grieves you. It says murder and mayhem. Thieving and robbery and assaults and so goes on and on and on and people live as if there's no God they live as if they never meet God they live as if there's no judgment bar they live as if there is no hell they live as if there's no God The Apostle Paul in Romans 3 gave a list of the behavior of the unregenerate man of the depraved nature and what men do and then he concludes with these words there is no fear of God before their eyes doesn't that sum it all up? No fear of God. If there was a fear of God today, we wouldn't see half of what was taking place. No fear of God. No fear of a thrice holy God. No fear of the judgment seat. No fear of eternal ruin because of man's sin. And here is what we need to pray for. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. The name of our God blasphemed. The name of our God is taken in vain, trampled into the ground. He scoffed, he's ridiculed. Blasphemed. We need to pray. Let it be known. Here in Canada, let it be known that there is a God in heaven. Let it be known that thou art the God of Israel. His laws are broken. His word is banned. 
the Bible is banished from schools. I remember when I was in high school, in the public high school. That's what we did every morning. We read the Bible. The, the high school that I attended, the vice principal was a Mr. Elliot. I always remember his name, a Mr. Elliot would have everybody open their Bible and you'd read the word first thing in the morning. What do you think of that? It's all gone now. We need to pray. Lord, let it be known that thou art the God of Israel. Let it be known that thou art the God of heaven. So he prayed for the preeminence of God. Notice also, he prayed for the prophet of God. That is, he prayed for himself. Look at verse 36. Let it be known that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. <coughs> there he stood before 450 prophets of Baal, a lone prophet of Jehovah. And Elijah wanted it to be known. He wanted it to be known what side he was on. He wanted everybody to know there on the top of Mount Carmel he was on the side of Jehovah. Let it be known that I am thy servant. And that I have done all these things at thy word. So, he was a faithful servant. That I have done all these things at thy word. I have obeyed thy word. Don't we admire Elijah for taking such a strong stand. He wanted to be known that he was on the Lord's side. Unlike all the rest of Mount Carmel that day. Elijah was alone. Israel couldn't make up their minds what side they were on. Holding between two opinions but Elijah wanted all to know what side he was on. None was needed today. Man like Elijah. Man who was stand for the God of heaven. Man who would preach the blood and the book men who will not be ashamed to own their Lord or to defend his cause maintain the honour of his word the glory of his cross praise the Lord that's what's needed as well as the preeminence of God that's what is burdened and he prayed for the prophet of God himself his burden also included the people of God. We can see just how burdened and earnest Elijah was for the people of God. Look at verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back. Notice. Hear me, O Lord, Hear me. Those are the words of a man who has indeed a burden. Crying out twice, Lord, hear me. Not the prayers that God will answer. Prayers that come from a sincere and earnest heart. This is what Moses said in his day. Deuteronomy 4 verse 29 But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God if people used to say that's a small word but there's a, a large meaning. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God thou shalt find him if thou seek him with 
all thy heart and with all thy soul. Now there in Mount Carmel, Elijah just didn't say a little prepared prayer. No, we read, Hear me, O Lord, hear me. Hear my prayer. Praying for the people of Israel that the people would acknowledge the Lord God of heaven as their God. He's burdened for them. That's why he prayed the way he did. He prayed that they would turn from the worship of idols to the worship of the Lord God Jehovah. What was he praying for? He was praying for revival. That's really what he was praying. Praying for revival. That people would turn from their idols and turn from their sinful ways and turn to the God of heaven. And so we have the beginning of his prayer, the burden of Elijah's prayer, and finally we come to Elijah and the blessing from his prayer. And what a blessing there was. The prophets of Deo had called upon their God from early morning until the evening sacrifice. Yeah, they stopped at the evening sacrifice because that didn't mean a thing to them. But that's when Elijah began to pray the time of the evening sacrifice because it meant much to him so they prayed until the evening sacrifice and there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded verse 29 Elijah prayed and what do we have we have the response there was an immediate response. Elijah prayed. And his prayer is contained in just two verses. The Baal worshippers prayed all day. And nothing. Elijah prayed and the prayer is contained in two verses. It described the fire in verse 38 then the fire of the Lord fell notice the fire of the Lord this was no counterfeit this was no strange fire the sons of Aaron offered up to God strange fire but what came down on Mount Carmel that day was the fire of the Lord there's no counterfeit about it the fire of the Lord fell. And what happened there on the top of Carmel was a genuine work of God. That's what we need to see. That's what we want to see. A genuine work of God today. A genuine revival. A genuine move of the Spirit of God. A genuine repentance and turning from sin to the God of heaven. The fire of the Lord fell that day on Carmel as it had done at other times. First Chronicles. You go over there to, or sorry, Second Chronicles. Chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1 Now when Solomon had made an end of praying There it is When Solomon had made an end of praying The fire came down from heaven And consumed the burnt offering And the sacrifices And the glory of the Lord from the house God answered prayer You know something? God still answering prayer let us lay hold upon the Lord and pray, Lord, send the fire of thy spirit. That fire fell there on Mount Carmel. 
and the fire fell and consumed the sacrifice left up the water consumed the very stones and the wood the sacrifice but you know what that reminds us of reminds us of another fire and another sacrifice when the fire fell on Mount Carmel was the fire of acceptance God accepted Elijah's sacrifice and prayer but what about that other mount the mount called Calvary was a sacrifice there and there on Mount Calvary the fire fell and it was the fire of God's judgment upon his son because his son bore all the sins of his people and God poured out his wrath upon sin and poured out his wrath upon his son it was the fire of judgment it was also the fire of acceptance because God accepted the sacrifice that day there was something else there's something else when the fire fell on Mount Carmel the fire consumed the sacrifice but on Mount Calvary the sacrifice consumed the fire Christ consumed the fire of God's wrath and Christ was victorious and was able to cry it is finished what a victory and what a sacrifice as well as the response you had the revival that's really what Elijah was praying for in verse 39 and when all the people saw it they fell on their faces and they said the Lord he is the God the Lord he is the God revival God answered Elijah's prayer God Elijah wanted the people to acknowledge that there's just one God and that's the God of heaven and God answered that prayer and the people cried out the Lord he is the God the Lord he is the God what happened that day when God answered the prayer of Elijah and sent the fire it was a fire of revival that's what we need we need the fires of revival we often sing that hymn we added to our own hymn let the fire fall let the fire fall let the fire from heaven fall we are waiting and expecting now in faith dear Lord we call let the fire fall let the fire fall on thy promise we depend from the glory of thy presence let the Pentecost of fire descend Amen that's what we need to pray for and we'll see revival in our day. Did you ever read about revival? Stirs your heart. You just wish you could see it today. The people would know there is a God in heaven. The response, then the fire fell. The revival. People say, the people said the Lord he is the God and then you have the removal verse 40 and Elijah said unto them take the prophets of Baal let not one of them escape and they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there the old false prophets were removed mm -hmm. 
Same thing will happen, you know. With the false prophets today. God's judgment is upon them. For not preaching the truth. Apostle Paul said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And God will deal with those false prophets who do not preach the gospel, do not preach Christ, do not preach the blood, do not preach the word, do not preach God's truth. But in the meantime, believer, let us pray, Lord, let the fire fall. That men and women will know there is a God in heaven. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's bow in prayer. O oh, our dear Lord, we thank thee for men like Elijah, a true champion of Jehovah. And there he stood, Lord, and Mount Carmel, a lone witness for thee. Help us, Lord, to stand up for the Lord Jesus in these days of apostasy and compromise. And when wickedness is all around, lead us on to live holy lives, surrendered, Lord, to Thee. Lord, use the word to stir us to pray that God will send the fire. Lord, be with us throughout this day. Again, Lord, be pleased to keep thy good hand upon us. Keep us, Lord, healthy and well and safe. Return us, Lord, to thy house this evening. We learn more about thyself. I'm in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Abide and remain with us now. And until the day breaks and the shadows all fade away. Amen.